Thursday morning broadcast on this day 32 in the counting of the Omer, four weeks and four days. One day ahead of our big Lagba Omer celebration tomorrow morning, a five-hour live JM in the AM. No matter where you are in the world, you can watch it on Facebook Live, on Instagram Live, on NahumSingle.com. Hear it on the NSN app. It'll be Avram Rosenblum and the Diasperados in a full concert performance. Arye Kunstler and other great musicians are part of it as well. And we we hit the airwaves at 6 a.m. And we'll go to 11 o'clock. Logbomer's celebration. Oh, by the way, as I'm ready to introduce our next guest, and I'm very anxious to speak with our next guest, I have to thank our friends at Mizrahi RZA. Mizrahi, Religious Zionists of America, are the presenting sponsor. And we will have guests on tomorrow from Mizrahi RZA, not just today, but tomorrow as well. Uh, they are presenting sponsor of our big Lagba Omer celebration. Uh, in anticipation as well of eventually getting to Israel, please God, with Mizrahi. <laughs> as I mentioned to everybody a couple of times earlier in the week, all that is still up in the air. But uh, Mizrahi, e- even in the abstract fashion, even when we don't know if the trip's happening, they still are the leaders <laughs> in getting people to Israel from Chutzlaretz, which is pretty amazing. And they were so impressed that they took on that role and did it so well so far. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but anyway, they are our presenting sponsor tomorrow and a big five-hour JM in the AM. And on the subject of RZA, Religious Zionists of America, Rabbi Lenny Matenki is with us live via telephone from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, absolute honor for us to have him on. Love speaking with him on the air and off the air. Uh, he, as, as it says here, he's a prolific modern Orthodox rabbi and Jewish leader in the United States. By the way, for those of you who think I'm busy or if you think you're busy, our schedules don't, uh, they, they pale in comparison to Rabbi Matenki. He's co-president of Religious Zionists of America. He's pulpit rabbi of Congregation Knesset Israel, Nusach Sfard of West Rogers Park in a wonderful Jewish neighborhood out in Chicago. He's dean of Ida Crown Jewish Academy, past president of the RCA, the Rabbinical Council of America, and he's with us live via telephone this morning. Rabbi Matenki, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure and an honor to be able to speak with you and your audience today. I, I appreciate that so much. I, I, I got to start on the global level. I, I I would assume you agree with me. I mean, you've been involved with RZA in this position as co-president for the last five years. I, I remember, and, and I have a little bit of history, and I, I, I do mean little because um, it, it's not extensive, but I grew up in a house that knew a lot about the Zionist movement. Um, and, um, you know, my, my father was one of the, uh, religious leaders in the United States, frankly, who questioned the necessity for an official Zionist movement once the state of Israel was, uh, established. And I said this to Daron Peretz, a rabbi Daron Peretz, the first time I met him in Israel and heard his presentation about how he's going to inject even more enthusiasm into the Mizrahi movement. And of course, based on the history, as you can imagine, I sat there with some skepticism and then I watched what he's done over the last few years and what people like yourself and others at his side have done. And the movement has really gotten a tremendous injection of uh, of enthusiasm and of purpose. Can you identify why the Mizrahi movement, as great as it's been, I don't want to put down the lay leaders and all those who've worked so hard over all these decades, they did a great job, but could you explain to us why it's had this amazing injection of enthusiasm over the last couple of years? Well, I think I can, but first I think, Nahum, that you 
do a disservice to the Siegel family, who are Chicagoans originally, <laughs> That's right. and their credentials and their commitment to Eretz Israel and the state of Israel. Your credentials are extraordinary, and so are your families and was your father's. But to go to the Mizrahi itself, I think part of what has led to the reemergence, the reinvigoration of the Mizrahi in America and around the world is a pent-up desire to identify with the state of Israel and with Eretz Yisrael in a meaningful way. Mm. For too many years, we were letting it just ride, taking it for granted. And with the reintroduction of new, exciting personalities at the leadership, both in Israel, Rabbi Daron Peretz, here in the United States, Rabbi Ari Rakoff, who's now our executive right. vice president, sure. These people have brought us to a brand new level and given an opportunity for us to do what we always wanted to do, defend, support, and love the land of Israel. It's pretty amazing, and, and some might have said that, you know, hey, anybody in America, for instance, who, you know, are real Zionists have probably moved already over the last couple of decades to Israel, and it's a, it's a, pool, a very small pool of people that have that burning desire that, or the pent-up desires you just described. And one thing I've discovered over the last few years is exactly the opposite. Both among the Orthodox and non-Orthodox communities here in the United States, there are so many people who are so identified with Israel and want to be more involved in this Zionist movement. And frankly, parents of all backgrounds doing an amazing job with their kids, again, no matter what their level is of observance, doing an amazing job with their kids, sending their kids as lone soldiers to Israel from backgrounds that would shock us. I mean, you, you, you dig a little bit and you see every corner of this country with people who desire to be more involved with Israel. I think you're 100% correct, but I also think that once again, uh, we have to be a little bit more careful, and that is that unfortunately in communities which don't identify as strongly with the Jewish community or identify more with a liberal American community, right. the support of the State of Israel in the next generation has dropped significantly, which makes our mission ever more important. Even among the Orthodox, we still have to explain to our children why it is so important. We grew up, there were existential threats to Israel. I remember the Six-Day War, not yeah. that I'm that old, I was a little <laughs> child, but I remember my teacher t telling us where the Israelis had gotten. I remember collecting from Agen David Adom during the Yom Kippur War when we were so scared, right. and during the terrorist attacks. But if we think about the college students today, high school students today, that's in the history books. And often, their history teachers don't get that far. You know what's funny? We spoke to Rabbi Hart Levine, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you agree that he was a great hire by Mizrahi because of his expertise to reach the exact generation that you're referring to. He, he's pretty hopeful that they're really that that with some education and some of this spirit and you know exploring the uh, the uh, the uh, the burning desire that even that generation still has for Israel, there's really hope to develop uh, a quote unquote real Zionists in that generation. I mean, it sounds based on what you're saying that you'd agree with that, just to take some work, that's all. I agree with it wholeheartedly, and no pun intended about Rabbi Hart. <laughs> uh, he's an amazing person on board, and it, the team we have in New York working on the National Mizrahi Movement is exceptional, but I would actually refer you and all of your listeners back to this, week, this week's parasha, where we begin with the, with the two verbs, emor v'amarta, to tell and to tell, and the famous statement, which says that we have to, we have to remind the adults that they have to teach the children. 
we have a we have a requirement, and it used to be that the news broadcasts the the sense of urgency taught the children. We have our obligation now in doing it as adults. We can do it, and we will do it, and we are doing it. But it's something that we have to be very, very aggressive at. No question about it. Rabbi Lenny Matenki is with us. He's speaking to us from Chicago, where he's dean of the Ida Crown Jewish Academy and rabbi of Congregation Knesset Israel, uh, Nusach Sfarad of West Rogers. But by the way, they call it Kins or Kinds. How do they refer to that? No, they, they call it Kins. Kins. We've called it Kins, but since... Since the uh, 1960s or 70s, the <laughs> people who came, it got to be too much of a mouthful. <laughs> I get that. He's co-president of the Religious Zionists of America, who are presenting sponsor of a big Lagbomer celebration tomorrow. Why has Chicago been such a hub, not only for modern orthodoxy, but, but for the Zionist movement? And I'm not referring to my father's generation and era. I mean today. Why does it seem like things are still going really well when it comes to having vibrant schools that are really uh, paying attention to what's happening in Israel and Zionism in general? Well, I think Chicago has always had an advantage, and that is it is both a small town and a major community. And so we've been able to create those relationships and maintain those relationships in many of the traditions as well. We've been able to cross boundaries. And so where in some communities, unfortunately, there's great divisions between right, left, center, of whatever you're going to look at, when it comes to the Jewish community, there are bridges that were built and generations of bridges that were built. So we have those advantages. So I mean, I mean, not not to put down other communities, but you might simply be in the right place to do the work that you want to do for the Zionist movement. Like it just... Oh, I've always I've always felt I'm in the right place at the right time. If mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be in Israel at this time, right? Understood. Um, and of course, past president of the RCA, uh, you know, and and I say it like that because you've you've led rabbis. I mean, you you've been the leader of a of a group of rabbis who you know explore now i guess more via zoom but in a regular era you know explore very often in person important topics when it comes to the future of the jewish people i would love to see more pulpit rabbis in this country use the pulpit for national messages i i i understand that you know half the sermons have to be for you know community purposes and divrei torah i'm not putting that down but I would love to see on certain occasions rabbis really pay attention to the national message and give the message to their congregants that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. Is this something that you can communicate or have communicated to other rabbis, especially the Orthodox ones in this country? We have, we do, and I think, Nochum, I'm going to have to invite you to different shuls, apparently, for Shabbos. <laughs> I'd love it! Because many <laughs> rabbis do. One <laughs> uh, of the real problems which rabbis have nowadays, especially in the political environment of today, right. is taking is taking a stand which is going to alienate part of the community and and bring others part in and so often rabbis will shy away from that but i the rabbis i know and the rabbis i work with in the rca are rabbis who truly have a passion for bedinat yisrael for eretz yisrael and speak about it and live it right. in a real and meaningful fashion yeah that's true i can't as i as i make a statement like this, I can't uh, ignore those who actually do pay careful attention to uh, to the topic. Or Lenny Matenki is with us, RZA Mizrahi. Well, the big question, I mean, first of all, Matenki, I-, I hope you agree with me that, you know, when transitions like the ones we've described here uh, in the Mizrahi movement take place, often it takes a long time for the Hamonam, for the general public to feel a change. I, I think one thing that's really to the benefit of, 
of both Mizrahi around the world and the U.S. is that this feeling is getting around very quickly. And I think that's a, a, a big victory, frankly, for, for Mizrahi, that, that people are already getting the feeling that this you know, serious shift into overdrive is happening already. Well, that's true, and I think it's a testament to the good, which is out there in terms of communication and media today, right. not just on radio, <laughs> but on the Internet. And also, by the way, we've used the print media because it's very important when we deal with things for Shabbat. Right. You know, the shul is still the major meeting ground of our community, and when people walk in and they see this magnificent um, booklet of HaMizrahi that comes out that on, for different holidays, different times, it also communicates it so beautifully. And let's not forget the Zionist elections of last year, right. where there was a major push, and you were in that, and right in the middle of all of those things, reporting on it and enjoying it. And, well. and, I, and I think people felt galvanized. I think people felt that they really were part of it. And then when they saw the results, they were thrilled, frankly, that they were part of a winning team, which is always the greatest feeling, obviously. Yeah, there, there is a movement. There is a movement. Mm-hmm. I give tremendous credit for my co-presidents, Ernie Agatstein, Dr. Ernest Agatstein on the West Coast, and Mark Nolaner on the East Coast. But everyone has really come together, and things are moving. We have a long way to go. But if I had asked people five years ago, so what's Mizrahi in America, they would have looked at me with a blank stare. Now, more likely than not, they'll be able to identify something we have done or something we're about to do. No question about it. And the, and the Hamizrahi magazine that you pointed out, one of the best uh, publicity pieces you can imagine. Anybody out there who hasn't yet seen it, go to their website. You literally download it uh, online. And obviously, once we're all back in shul, which I hope most people are already, you'll see it before every occasion, including coming up. I know I can imagine that they have one coming up for Yom Yerushalayim and uh, Shavuot. Rabbi Mantenki, uh, all of this background, all of this conversation that you and I have had obviously leads to the the big question, and that is uh, how you see RZA Mizrahi in the next 10, 20 years. What does success look like in the next couple of decades for this movement? Well, I won't go for a couple of decades, but I think in the near and not-too-distant future, I think where Mizrahi is going to be making a major impact is making sure that that next generation identifies with Israel not just as a vacation spot and not just as a place where we look forward to the rebuilding of the third Beit HaMikdash, but also to the place which is the Jewish homeland, the center of Jewish of the Jewish world, where it's core to their existence. And that'll be done through education and through programming, through Aliyah without question, and through regular connections with what is going on in the state of Israel. And it's our responsibility to find all of the means and all of the methods and use all of the media to make that occur. And you believe, it's obvious, that it can be done. Everything you just said, you believe certainly can be done, and that the base of support uh, for this movement can just grow and grow. I do with all of my heart, and that's why I and others, and so many others, have committed their lives to making sure that this message comes through, not just to people who identify as religious Zionists, but to all of our Jewish community, and also to the secular community, the non-Jewish community, that we have a passion and we have a mission, and most importantly, we have that dream, the dream not just of Yimot HaMashiach, which we look forward to every single day, but the dream of what will be until that point, of bringing that new Geula forward. No question about it. For those of us who are real believers in what the state of Israel means spiritually, it's a very, very important message, and all of us can have an important role 
going forward. Uh, Kent, thank you enough for joining me this morning. Uh, continued success. I am Ikevel. Ikevel. And it's been like this literally from that first meeting in Jerusalem with Rav Daron. Ikevel at the way the international and the American movement is going and the direction it's going in. And uh, whatever I could do to help, just call on me because this is a movement that's very, very important to me. Don't worry, you'll be getting, you have gotten our calls, and you will continue to get them, and I encourage everyone Rabbi, to join so, us. I apologize. Go ahead. No, join, join us in this great mission. Rabbi Matenki, please send our very best to everybody in the Windy City. Are you married to that place? If, we, if someone offered you a really nice position in New York, do we have a chance, or you're staying out there in the Midwest? You know, it's a great question. <laughs> because there's certain... But I have too yeah. heavy of a Chicago accent. I don't know if the New Yorkers will all understand me. I think they'd go for you after a while, frankly. But all right, I guess that's for another conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. And happy Lagba Omer. I hope you have a chance to tune in a couple of minutes tomorrow. Happy oh, for for your show, everyone listens around the world. <laughs> I appreciate that. Rabbi Lenny Mateki, everybody, he is amazing. I, I remember the first time I met him. I mean, it's possible over the years I met him even before then. But the first time I met him in earnest and had a conversation and enjoyed his presentation uh, was at one of the YU conferences. And he, just brilliant, brilliant. And yes, he really can be. I know it's hard to believe when someone has a bio. That includes the <laughs> the dean of the Ida Crown School and a pulpit rabbi of a real synagogue and co-president of RZA. It's hard to believe that he could do it all, but he does. And I thank him for joining us. Thursday morning broadcast, Lave Ba'omer. Today is day number 32 in the counting of the Omer. And we uh, give a special shout-out to Dr. Mark, who joined us earlier on this Lave Ba'omer. Remember... Dr. Mark is all for heart healthiness, and the word lave means uh, means heart, so that's why he joined us earlier. Anyway, we are one JM in the AM hour away from our Lagbomer celebration. <laughs> one more hour in the books this morning, and then the next JM name you'll hear will be the incredible Lagbaomer celebration presented by RZA, Religious Zionists of America, with a big thank you to Raymond Tanki and all the lay leadership, and of course, Ari Rakoff. Um, and he'll be with us tomorrow. It is, a, and, and look, not everybody, I can't convey this to everybody. Not everybody grew up in the house that I did. But, and I, and I don't want to be harsh because there has been a lot of hard work in the Mizrahi movement over the last many decades. But the difference of the last few years is just unbelievable. The energy that started from Jerusalem appropriately enough, where else should it start from, and has spread around the world to every continent is really remarkable. And uh, I, 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 I encourage everybody to hop on, hop aboard the Mizrahi bandwagon. If you like a winning team, hop aboard this bandwagon. They're a winner. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network. And, of course, in the beloved NSN app. <laughs>